A valuable part of every college student's career should always involve hands-on experience. That's why internships are a valuable part of professional growth for most college students across the United States. Internships allow young people the opportunity to grow, learn, test out new ways of thinking and working. In many cases, college student internships can help them cement or even redirect their career path. For many years, Helena has provided young people in agriculture an opportunity to develop their skills today. Uh, many of those former interns are valuable employees for our organization. In this episode, we'll visit with Wes Page from Columbia, South Carolina. Wes is responsible for recruiting and managing over 40 interns uh, this summer across Helena. He will share his insight about the importance of the quality internship program that he provides and what it means not only to Helena, but to our customers. Then we'll catch up with Jody Lawrence in Nashville for a commodity commentary, and then we'll circle back up with over five interns from Penn State to Washington State, North Dakota State, and the University of Arkansas, all the way to the center of the United States to the University of Nebraska. Stay tuned for FieldLink. Now joining us from Columbia, South Carolina is Wes Page. Wes is responsible for managing the intern program for the agriculture sector of Helena in the eastern half of the United States, as well as the specialty division across the entire United States. Wes, welcome to FieldLink. Good to be here. Wes, uh, you and I have had the opportunity to work together for a long time here but uh, uh, here at Helena, but uh, tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get to this role of managing interns uh, in Columbia uh, for the Eastern Business Unit? Well, I started as an intern back in 1998 in Alamo, Tennessee. Uh, I was a freshman. I interned one summer for Helena and uh, three summers for a uh, supplier in our business. And then when I got out of college, I went to UT Martin, uh, got an ag business degree there. Um, and then I got a job offer as a sales rep in, uh, Albany, Georgia and, um, in our Eastern business unit here. And I've been in the Eastern business unit ever since this is my 21st year with Helena. Uh, and, uh, we launched our internship program in 2012. Um, the internship program is one of about three or four things I'm responsible for, but it's probably one of the most important things that we do pretty big program to manage. Um, and it's, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of moving parts, as, as, as you know from your past experience. Um, but uh, it's been a really good program for us uh, at this point, and I can get into more details as you ask me questions, but we're hiring over 60% of our interns full-time, you know, and that uh, number is, is something we're pretty proud of in our business unit. Um, I can't speak for what the entire company numbers are, but I do know that's the numbers for us. Wow, that's uh, that's those are really uh, amazing numbers, Wes. And and you know, I guess as we step back a little bit, um, you know, why are intern programs uh, specifically at Helena? Why are they important to to our industry or to our business as well as to our customers? From your perspective, well, I think uh, from the customer standpoint, our uh, our customer base, you know, most of them are producing crops of some sort, they're growing crops. And I think they take a lot of pride in seeing young people grow. Uh, I think that's one thing that, that I, sometimes we don't talk about enough with our customers is that's part of their livelihood and life and seeing people grow is as important to them as, as seeing the crops grow in a lot of ways. So our customers, they take a lot of time with, with our interns, um, probably more time than they do sometimes with the people that are working with them with our agri-intelligence and our, and our sales reps um, because 
you know, they, they see, see something in these young people that are trying to get their career started. I think from the Helena standpoint, um, it's a pipeline for us. And that's why we started the program in 2012. And why I was, my role that I'm in now was created to come to Columbia was we knew, knew we needed to go find really good people, train them the right way and grow them from the ground up. You know, I use the analogy a lot that, you know, I'm a big baseball fan, but um, we decided to go the route of developing our own players through our minor league system instead of signing free agents. Um, not that that doesn't make sense at some point, but um, we wanted that to be the base of what we were doing uh, in terms of putting people in place to help our business unit. You know, Wes, you brought up a really great point um, at the grower level, uh, customers. I, I have to agree with you. You know, it's amazing to see over the years how how farmers are always – willing to, I, I guess, bring those young people onto their farm and honestly be, provide them an, a, a learning opportunity, a hands-on experience, and, and give them the, I guess, benefit of the doubt a little bit um, uh, to learn. I mean, that's, I think, east to west, north to south, gr- growers as a whole love to see young people step on their farm and, and you know, be a part of this industry. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think that... Um as as the program as it ballooned and customers got used to seeing interns, they uh, I, I, they look forward to it every year when when interns come. And that doesn't say that every single customer is like that, but there's a lot of them that are, and that's been uh, that's been a valuable piece. You know, one of the questions you ask is, what do the interns get out of it? You know, talk a little bit about Helena and what we kind of get out of it, and then what customers get out of it. But I think for the interns, it's a good way to get a glimpse of our business and our industry. Um, a lot of our interns have interned somewhere else before they come to us. Uh, they get a glimpse into our culture and whether it's a good fit for them. And even some of the ones that we haven't hired full time, I think it was a really good experience for them and probably taught them that maybe this isn't what they want to get into. I think sometimes, uh, sometimes I think you learn one of the most valuable things of these programs, internships with any company in any industry is you learn this might not be what I thought it is, or it really is what I thought it is. And there's probably been some scenarios where we've had interns that, might not have thought this is what they wanted to do because the terminology of being a sales rep, for instance, sometimes that has a negative connotation. But I think think when they get and see what our people do, it's a little bit different than they, they envision. So I think sometimes just as much as people might have thought this is what they wanted to do and then decide it isn't, the other can happen by uh, taking a chance on, on, on a program that um, – that, that we're running. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think a lot of students over the years um, – you know, they get this this picture in their head uh, on campus through professors or parents or families or, or, or friends thinking uh, a role is going to look one way. But, boy, until you put your you, – you walk in uh, the shoes of, uh, of a sales rep or, or an operations manager or an agri-intelligence specialist, until you walk there uh, like you do a little bit as an intern for, you know, 10 to 12 weeks – you don't know what you don't know, and it can really redirect or cement, uh, I like to use the word cement, kind of the direction in the career path where that uh, individual wants to go. Yeah, it does. I think it shapes it in a lot of different ways because of the experiences they get. And I think one good thing, most of our interns work in a branch. Um, and, of course, as you know, every branch is a little bit different in terms of their crop mix and you know just the people at the branch. But uh, – I think one good thing at being at a branch is they get to see everything from being out in the field, working with our agri-intelligence people, riding with sales reps, riding with branch managers, being in the office some. We give them some projects to where uh, they have to 
spend a day with our office co our office coordinator. They have to spend a day with a driver and applicator. They have to spend a day counting inventory. So they get a full-fledged view, view of what goes on at the branch. And I'll tell you this, I think, too, one thing that we've noticed with our interns versus our hires that have come from outside the company, because of that interaction, they have a lot more respect for the, each one of the jobs at the branch when, when they get hired because they've been a part of it, they've seen it, they've touched it, um, and they understand and they've developed relationships with people in those roles. So uh, I think that helps the culture at our branches as much as anything. Yeah, I completely agree when that student has that opportunity to experience all of those different areas of the industry. And and I think uh, kind of going back to a little bit what we touched on just as the branch, you know, if you think about it, interns show up, you know, the end of May, first part of June onto location. And, and, and for most of our locations across the United States, that student is walking in probably one of the highest, most craziest, busiest times of the season. And um, when they walk in, they're usually pretty excited and full of energy. And boy, just the energy that lifts a branch up when when a new new attitude, a new person, new fresh face, a new set of hands, for that matter, shows up uh, to to assist and to help and to dive in and uh, helping that uh, branch better perform uh, is a big win for not just the student, but also the location and ultimately the customer. Yeah, you think about it too, and you're right, almost all of our branches that time of year when, I mean, our program runs from mid-May when they get to the branch to, to mid-August, you know, so about the time they're going back to school. Um, but mid-May is a time where a lot of the branches have been kind of beat down, you know, and they're kind of the, the, the tail end of, of the busiest 60-day stretch that they have. And so it does, and we tell the interns this during training week that you guys are getting ready to introduce a lot of positive energy into the branch, and just be prepared for that, and bring a positive, good attitude every day, and and uh, you know, good things will happen. Wes, uh, tell tell me a little bit about um, how are your students typically recruited, um, and is this really is your program pretty competitive? Is it hard to get an internship uh, with Helena? Yeah, we're pretty selective. And I think the way the approach that we've taken is we want to try to use this as a way to hire full-time people, um, not just summer help. And, you know, I think probably some other internships, not necessarily within Helena, but in, a, you know, other industries, they don't necessarily look at it that way. So we do try to screen pretty hard on the front end. Um, I probably on average during the year will interview 140 to 150 students. Um, I've been interviewing about that many for quite a while, but one thing that's changed now is we have our, uh, we, we've, we've bumped up our program. So one out of every four or five that we interview, we probably hire. So yeah, it's a, and, and the way that recruitment goes has changed a little bit since COVID, um, probably for the better, probably for the better for everybody. And to be quite honest with you, um, there's some students that we have now working full time that, um, interned last year that had it not been for the advent of technology like we're on now, uh, we never would have been inter interviewed them, um, you know, or at least I wouldn't have been able to. Uh, so that has opened up some doors for, for us to grow and students to that probably couldn't have been in-person interviews to, uh, to, to be a part of what we're, what we're doing. Wow, that's awesome. And and I think you're right. You know, it, it allows us the new technology, uh, whether it be Zoom, Teams, those kind of things to do some interviewing, allows you as West Page to be on multiple campuses in a single day versus kind of the old days when you and I used to hit the road show and, you know, we'd hit eight, 10 or 12 campuses extremely hard 
in a very tight period of time. And now we can be in a lot of different places and at least get a base of students and extend our reach to maybe some of those, maybe not so prominent schools, but still deliver very good talent, uh, you know, to companies like Helena. You know, it's interesting. I think when, when we first started this program, a lot of the applicants came from these career fairs that the schools do and most all the ag schools have ag career fairs um even before COVID, i think the numbers of people that attended those were dwindling a little bit um but since COVID, i mean they haven't a lot of schools haven't even had them and you got juniors and seniors now that never even been to one so i, I think the 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 job postings word of mouth uh you know we're, we're trying to utilize past interns that we know to coming back to help us find people that they think will fit because they've been to the program so you know the, we're getting resumes and, and i know we've recruited time frame a little bit different than some of the other parts of the country, but we're getting resumes from the 1st of September all the way to, to you know, I think I've got my last uh, intern hired sometime in early April this year, which is pretty late, but it, the, the advent of being able to do, you know, stuff through technology like this is, is allowed that uh, part to be extended. And, and, you know, before, if you got a resume from somebody, say at Penn State, and I wasn't going back to Penn State, you know, we wouldn't even interview them now. You can interview them the day you get the resume or the next day. You know. It's definitely evolved for sure. You know, Wes, you know, a lot of young people that are in colleges, you know, college is crazy expensive. Uh, I know because I'm paying tuition for one of my daughters right now uh, for that. And it's it's not cheap. So students are often looking, you know, at internships as simply just a, another paycheck, a way to make money. But that's really not what the Helena internships all about correct? No, I think we're very fair and competitive and, you know, all that kind of stuff when you talk about compensation. But I think as a student, you really have to look at the experience that you're going to get. Um, I, we've had students that have come in that have had a chance to make a little bit more uh, or stay closer to home and save more money, but they don't get the same experience. And I think the one thing I would say is they're not, our, our interns are not just summer help. I mean, you know, this thing's evolved now to where our agri-intelligence programs are so much bigger than they used to be that we have to have them in the summertime. And that's why um, you know, I've used an example in the Eastern Division. Uh, they have 21 interns, um, and, and we probably could have used two or three more just because, you know, they, they're selling some scouting and tissue sampling programs that, you know, we have to have people in place to help with that. And that's a really big learning experience for students as they get to see agronomy at the base level. Um, and how we're trying to help growers make good decisions and do the right things agronomically. And so they're a part of that. And I think that's um, a rewarding experience for them. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, you, you, you have to look at the overall experience and what you get exposed to, not just as a student, not just the compensation. No, I totally agree. I think it's more than a paycheck. And, and our locations have really evolved over the years, you know, Yes, we do hire summer help, uh, and, and, and the interns that we're talking about really aren't necessarily summer help. I mean, to your point, they're very involved in agri-intelligence, and they're very involved in, in evaluating products uh, uh, from, from the Helena Products Group. I mean, every week, those students are capturing photos of new and unique products that are being introduced to the marketplace that can help 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 growers better understand uh you know the features and benefits of those products locally and uh boy there's nothing to your point wes of getting your hands dirty and really touching and feeling those kinds of products uh and, and being well educated about them well and, and and you mentioned summer help and sometimes the students that we hire that are summer help that are just there to help do one specific thing get involved in our in our program later on we have a young lady that um 
is going to school at NC State that in that was basically a summer help in terms of scouting last summer at, at, at uh, one of our branches in North Carolina. And she's in a part of our program now, and she might be the most advanced uh, scout that we have uh, in, in, in the whole uh, program that we got this year. And she's only a sophomore, so we're kind of excited about seeing her growth. Yeah, I completely agree. We've seen a lot of students over the years move from operations into into these type of programs that, you know, again, their career – continues to evolve through these hands-on experiences throughout the summer. Wes, how is the uh, program that you're running, how does it differ from a lot of other competitors or other agriculture internship programs that are out there uh, that you're aware of? How how do you separate yourself? I think uh, the time and investment uh, that we have um, in in our students, uh, both, you know, before they get to the branch, but then especially when they get to the branch, um, you know, and it, it, it didn't happen overnight. These branches have really learned how to manage interns and develop them and do the right things with them. Uh, we bring all of our interns into Columbia, um, for a week of training. Um, we've gotten to the size now where we have to do that in two different weeks. Plus, um, all these universities get out at different times. So, um, trying to pack, you know, like 43 this year into one week would have been too big a project, but I, I don't even know if we could have done it anyway because of how spaced out some of the schools are in terms of when they finalize, you know, finish up school and then when they go back. Um, but we do a really onboarding week, a, 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 you know, hard week of a lot of training on our products and agronomy and, you know, just about Helen in general. And, um, you know, we bring them in and expose them to a lot of upper management, uh, a lot of people in this Columbia office that help run the business unit for the East Coast are involved in this process. Uh, they go to the branch, they get a lot of attention with different people at the branch. And then at the end of the summer, we bring them back to Columbia for uh, final presentations and for two of the divisions that'll start next week and and, uh, here in Columbia, but it'll stretch over about a three week period. So each student comes back and gives a 30 minute final presentation. And we do exit interviews to kind of talk about um, how the summer went and, you know, try to line up people that we might be trying to hire full time and or or bring back for another internship in, in, in 2023. And we had, I think, six internship interns out of the 43 that were returners from last year. That number probably next year could be 15, I guess. So, you know, we we, um, we do like uh, – and that's been one advantage for us, I think, is we really like having multiple-year interns because their advancement when they get hired full-time, if they've interned two or three times, is is – light years ahead of somebody meeting that internal at once. Sure, absolutely. Wes, you referenced our commitment to training. Um, t- tell us a little deeper. Tell us a little bit more about that training week. And then what are some of the expectations of students, you know, as they get out to the locations? What are they actually doing? Well, the training week, um, just to give you an example of one of the things that we do, uh, we give them an agricultural or agronomy math test. Um, so we give them the test ahead of time, send a notebook out and we, we test them as soon as they get to Columbia. And, and to be quite honest with you, I think probably some of the professors would have a hard time that their professors would have a hard time taking that test because it's pretty specific to what we do. I think one of the biggest things that we do in training week is I think most every student comes out there a little overwhelmed, but that's an advantage for them because they realize they're not rolling into whatever branch they're going to and the most knowledgeable person there because they're a college student. Um, I think they're overwhelmed and a little uh, uh, 
taken back because there's a lot of stuff they got to learn. But they're at a point then when they get to the branch that they're ready to be taught. So I think that's one of the biggest advantages of the training week. I mean, we go over a lot of Helena specific stuff, a lot of Helena product stuff that's unique to us, but, and then agronomy stuff. We teach them how to calculate fertilizer blends and um, make blends and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's a pretty intense, tense week. We have fun too, but uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of stuff to digest just to get them work to where they can start learning. Yeah. I think you bring up a great point. You know, I've had many students over the years uh, come back to me after that training week and uh, reference that, Hey, you know, uh, I learned more in that one week uh, than I did in four years of uh, getting my agronomy degree from a, you know, a top notch uh, for your institution uh, because it's quite frankly, a little more practical. It's, you know, and the pressure's on, right? It's not about getting an A, it's about, can you do the job or not? And uh, uh, that that's awesome. Uh, Wes, um, share, share with us some success stories of, I guess some of the students that you've recruited over the years and, um, you know, what they've done uh, in their career and and how they've blossomed. Yeah. One thing I'll say too about the training week before I go to that is um, the, I think one of the biggest things too, that comes out of that is the bond that the interns create with each other. And that tends to, you know, we've got students from as far North as Massachusetts, as far South as Florida, now as far West with specialty out out, uh, in Washington. Um, but they all mesh pretty good after spending four or five days with each other. I think that's a valuable part of that week that I probably didn't mention before. Well, I, I, I agree with that. I, I, that is a very important point to bring on. And even to this day, you know, students that I actually was part of recruiting over 15 years ago, I know that they still connect. Uh, they may be working for Helena or they may be working for a supplier Heck, they might be home farming, but they're still connected. And uh, to your point, from all over the nation, and what a what a I guess almost bond or fraternity <laughs> in its own unique way uh, that these students come together. Yeah, and we've actually started putting uh, assigning peer mentors. So for the returners, they're actually a peer mentor for a group of four, five, or six, however many it turns out to be. Um, that they guide them throughout the training week and ahead of even getting to Columbia or for the training week, and then. Try to match people up that we feel like we'll get along and have some common similarities. But that's one of the things we've done too over the last few years. You asked about uh, success stories. Uh, we've had 207 internships now since 2012. Um, and of course, 43 are going on now. Our hire rate has been over 60% of the internships have been hired. Um, and still about 75% of those, almost 80% of those are still working for us. Um, we've had over 10 former interns become branch managers. Um, on the specialty side, I'll give you an example. Uh, Aaron Martin was at, uh, uh, he was our first specialty intern back in 2014. He was from Auburn, lived in the Atlanta area, um, was an ag major, uh, but from a bigger city. So, uh, we felt like specialty might be a good fit for him. He had worked for the Bray, Atlanta Braves as a, uh, you know, had done an internship for them as a grounds crew. Um, Aaron Martin became a sales rep for us in Winder, which is Atlanta. Uh, moved to St. Pete, Florida, is in St. Pete now, and has become the branch manager for uh, the, you know, that, that area in Florida and specialty. So, um, and, and one good bright spot about that is the interaction he has with a lot of the guys on the ag side is, is really good because they've, they've gotten to know each other through either, you know, post-hire trainings or trainings that we've done there. 
another guy I'll highlight uh, that's been a really good uh, hire for us was a guy that I found at Virginia Tech a few years ago. Um, Andy King is his name. Andy is an ROTC guy from Virginia Tech. Um, he didn't turn for us. He was our first ever three-time intern. Um, we worked with him through his military stuff because he had, especially his last time, he had uh, he had to miss some time because of you know the military commitment. But Andy became an agri-intelligence person for us in uh, Mount Crawford, Virginia. Uh, then he became a sales rep, and now he's a branch manager, and uh, they're having record not record numbers the last few years in Mount Crawford. So kind of kind of cool to see to see that he was our first three-time intern. I think we've had now five three-time interns, um, and probably next year we'll have a fourth, uh, a four-time intern for the first time. Wow, that, that that's awesome. Those are great results, and uh, those results are echoed across the country. I know uh, folks in the Southern Business Unit, and of course in the in the in the in the Midwest, are having some of those similar stories. That you know, watching these young people, you know, come in as interns, uh, you know, trying to figure out a product here and there, and then just watching them evolve and then move on through their career and take on leadership uh, roles is extremely exciting, and in a lot of cases. Uh, taking some very advanced uh, uh, roles within our organization. It's, it's, it's really exciting to see that move. I'll say this because it's the first time we've had this happen. Um, Wesley Hudson was a firefighter for uh, the university, Auburn university. Um, they have a unique situation there, but that's, he was given a scholarship as a firefighter um, and majoring in ag. He interned for us twice, had to take a year off because of his firefighting commitments. So he interned one year, had an off year, then the second year. And he became an agri-intelligence person for us, and he just became our first uh, former intern as a product manager at the East Coast. So um, he's going to be—he's working the Lower Southeast as a product manager for us. You know, uh, you referenced that uh, I, we had a field day in Memphis here a few weeks back, and uh, we had a group come through. Um, we broke, you know, these groups into smaller groups. I look up to, as I'm giving my presentation, and uh, there's. Uh, 10 people uh, in this particular group, five of them are product managers and they happen to be from the Midwest. And of the five, four of them were former interns. And I was like, wow, I recruited all of those. And, and, and it's a, it's a neat feeling to see those people evolve through their career. Um, you know, whether they work in seed or uh, work at a location in agri-intelligence or in sales, and then to move into those uh, advanced uh, product manager roles or whatever it may be. Um, it's, it's just fun to see that happen. Yeah, it's cool. It, you know, it took, it, it, took, it took us about two or three years to get that pipeline started. But once it did, it's like, it, it's, it's kind of fun to look back. And now you got, it's a constant deal now because we've been running it for so long. But once you see the success that some of these young people start having, it's pretty, uh, makes you pretty proud. Well, and the recruitment for people uh, is, is challenging across the entire nation. Uh, it's not unique to Helena or to agriculture, just finding good talent and talent that's interested in, in interested in working uh, is tough to find. But this has certainly been a proven pipeline, proven program uh, for our organization for many years. And, uh, you know, we're, we're reaping some of those benefits today. Boy, you know, you referenced uh, recruiting. Uh, it kind of never ends, really. But, you uh, but September, August, September is kicking in uh, here around the corner. You're going to be back at it again. Uh, walk us through when, what will your first career be, fair be and, you know, uh, how will you start kick off your recruiting season? I think our first one this year, if I'm remembering right, is uh, Penn State in September. And it'd be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully we get some candidates from those fairs. But I think the, ten- the tendency of that is changing a little bit. 
Um, the biggest the biggest way to apply for any student that's interested is to get us a resume, whether it's at a career fair or email it to, to, to us and let us start the interview process. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll begin in September, and I think you know because of some differences, the way the universities do some stuff on the East Coast, I think it's a little bit different for us than than like the mid Midwest, for instance. But um, a lot of their, our universities don't do their career fairs until after the first of the year, and and for whatever reason, I think a lot of our students over here they uh, they don't even start thinking about internships till after Christmas or you know, New Year's. So and that, that's a little bit different than I think what you guys do with in the Midwest. Well, and I think it's different across the entire nation. And I think, you know, my advice for students, and I think you would probably agree, is start early. You know, it doesn't hurt you to start early to reach out to a location, reach out to your career services group, and just connect with Elena um, and, and start that process and uh, get get things moving on. Uh, Wes, any other advice for students that might be looking for an internship, uh, you know, as we look into, you know, starting the new school year? I, I think just get get your resume out there and apply, whether it's online or you go to one of these career fairs, is, is if you're looking for something um, and you want to do an internship, I guess the two things I would say, and this we haven't really talked about this, but almost all of our interns move and relocate. So... I think out of the 43, we have seven or eight that are able to live at home this summer, but that's very unusual. Um, and, and I think that if you're going to be involved in agriculture and you want to go down this route in terms of a career, you got to be open-minded to, to moving. And we really need students that are willing to, you know, at least relocate a few hours away. And sometimes it's more than that. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's one of the biggest limiting factors that when we start talking to students that, that are interested is being willing to move. I tell, I tell students a lot when I'm doing those interviews that um, if you are willing to move and you're willing to relocate, you really open some opportunities up for yourself. And that's, I think that sometimes is not a message that gets to them. But just getting your stuff, getting your information out there that you're interested in, you know, having an open mind and being willing to move and um, being willing to, to step outside your comfort zone, but it's probably the best advice I can give. Boy, I, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, as a young person, um, being flexible, especially for internships, uh, being able to move and, and, and be out of your comfort zone is absolutely critical. You know, I see a lot of students that always want to try to secure an internship maybe close to home because it's convenient. I can stay at home. But what I, what I learned, Wes, and maybe you have too, is when a student picks up, I don't know, I'll say from Penn State, for example, and, and he or she moves to Indiana or, 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 or Kansas or wherever, it doesn't matter. They're, they're separated. And when they're there, they're there. They're really mentally vested into that summer experience uh, where they can consume it all versus having to be concerned about running home, uh, you know, for, you know, to meet friends and that sort of thing. So that internship, that 10, 12 week internship is really an investment on their part, you know, uh, beyond the, you know, 10, 8, 10, 12 hours uh, of, of work. Uh, but they mentally get invested as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Bill. The, the the level of maturity that an intern gains when they when they leave and they're in a spot where they can't come home even every weekend. I mean, I, you know, if maybe you're two or three hours away, you can probably do that. But if we're moving people six, eight hours away and they're not hardly coming home at all, they, they are fully invested in the new place they're living. Um, they're invested in the branch. They want to work as many hours as they can. And I think ultimately what a lot of interns find out is that being away from home is not that bad, <laughs> you know. And uh, I think it, I think it ends up being a, um, a scenario where they uh, where they um, 
they probably changed their thought process after the end of the summer. We had a, a, a specialty intern a few years ago that was from South Carolina, upstate South Carolina, went to Clemson and interned in Texas and is still in Texas. So it's, uh, yeah, I think, and, and, and really likes it out there. I, th- I totally agree. And, you know, it's not just about uh, picking up and learning a different crop or a different, you know, part of the industry or business. It's the other stuff. It's the stuff of, I have to physically get myself from, you know, this part of the country to the next part of the country. I need to uh, find housing. I need to uh, be concerned about, you know, I have to now go shop for myself or, you know, the grocery store or whatever it may be. I have to make my own meals. There's a tremendous amount of growing up that takes place through these internships. That's beyond uh, what you're providing uh, and the rest of the Helena locations are providing uh to those students throughout the summer. It's certainly uh, a, a class that's not offered on any uh, college curriculum, really, uh, what you're providing to these students. So, Wes, I uh, uh, want to thank you so much for joining us today, and thanks for all you're doing. Thanks for uh, helping, you know, build these young people up and, and, and give them the opportunity uh, to, uh, to, to grow. And uh, we really appreciate you joining us here today on FieldLink. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity, and I'll say this. I think that as much as I might be able to help and give um, to the students that have come into our program, uh, they give a lot more back to me. I mean, it, personally, you just it, um, it, they, they help keep you vibrant and young and young feeling at least. And, uh, uh, you know, when you're dealing with um, all the different personalities, and, 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 and it's a very rewarding thing to be a process. And so it's a group effort all the way around with our with our Helena team on this. Yeah, I completely echo all of that, Wes. It, uh, those young people bring energy to us as, as recruiters, as, as uh, you know, folks that are helping manage those kind of programs. And I, I, I absolutely agree. It's, it's another, I, I don't want to call it a job, but it's an exciting job for our, our branches. They see the benefits of it, but boy, if we didn't have their support, uh, this, this program would not be as successful. So again, Wes, thank you for joining us here on FieldLink and thanks all that you do and uh, provided these young folks. Joining us from Nashville is Jody Lawrence for a quick commodity update. Jody, welcome to FieldLink. Thank you, Bill. Jody, an awful lot going on across the markets right now. We've got a tremendous amount of uh, noise and news, if you will, coming out of Washington, along with uh, a lot of things happening around the globe as it relates to international relations. We've got some ships moving uh, out of the Ukraine, out uh, out of ports finally down in the Black Sea. Uh, And we've got uh, some, some happenings definitely in Taiwan. Let's try to bundle this all up and summarize some things for us, Jody. Well, we can start out with the uh, fact that the peace, I say peace deal, that's the humanitarian export corridor is still open and there are ships exiting the three major ports of the Ukraine, of which everybody always hears about Odessa or looks at that mainly because it's the only one most people can pronounce. Mm -hmm. And they are each filled with roughly uh, about... Oh, uh, oh, 10%, maybe about three to four million bushels of, uh, and and some of the ships may be even smaller, of corn that was loaded back in February. So what's gone out so far, and I think we're probably on the fifth or sixth ship that is uh, making its way to or through uh, Turkey 
and the, the pork to be inspected. You're not talking about enormous amount of corn, nor has any of the corn gotten to their destinations. Lebanon is one of the ports going to. Italy is another, and a couple other European and North African ports. They have not inspected the corn. We don't know what condition it's in, and the uh, it's still a lot to be known about that. And I think everybody in the back of their mind is taking this very much as a wait and see about every ship, because Russia certainly has a plan to think that this goes off without a hitch. We probably would have had a better chance winning the mega billions pot to get that right. Yeah, I've heard some other analysts uh, indicate that, you know, while we're catching a lot of great headlines uh, here uh, about some grain moving out of these ports. At the end of the day, and you touched on it, uh, we're not talking a lot about a, a lot of grain here. Uh, some reports are saying there's really only about 20 ships uh, that are kind of earmarked to even move grain out of that part of the world. And a lot of it has to do with the vulnerability of, of, what could happen uh, in, in that part of the world if uh, things don't go as planned? They, that's just such a big part of it because you have no idea. Russia is uh, apparently getting offers of help from North Korea to send both weapons and additional military uh, you know, so, people. Uh, and it, it, you just, you've got to think that at some point, uh, there's going to be a hitch, if not a huge hitch, in how these ships go in. And without, they still haven't ironed out all the details about what happens when all the ports are empty of ships and harvest starts in the Ukraine and Russia, and they and the willing companies begin to send bigger ships in to be loaded and transport the grain back out from a normal fall harvest. And at, the, at that point, I think that's when you really have to wonder what Russia's true intentions are going to be. And it, and it may take another month for us to figure that out. But all of the ships should be sailed that are uh, in port uh, within the next several weeks. Jody, clearly a, a, a lot of noise happening there. And then, uh, of course, on the other side of the globe, uh, a lot of noise happening in Taiwan uh, with uh, Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. How have all of these, um, I guess, you know, these happenings over the last uh, few weeks impacted some of the grain markets? It's brought in an additional layer of volatility, the two major events in between the Russia invasion, invading the Ukraine back in February was just added incredible uncertainty and volatility. And then when Pelosi, against advice of her president, her party, and every official in the State Department, uh, took her own trip to Taiwan and thumbed her nose at China that escalated their military drills and really put everybody ill at ease. The fortunate thing is China has showed up the past two days with confirmed purchases. So we know that they still have to have us. Brazil is not to a point and and won't be for years, if ever, to fully replace us as their supplier of corn and beans. But it certainly is, is not a positive look when your biggest customer has serious issues with uh, somebody who's come in uh, to to tell them they're doing all their political maneuvering wrong. 
and you know, who who knows where it goes. Uh, we're already starting to see some primary results and be curious when we get to November, how much of a backlash any of this has, but coming out of Washington, what they're calling the inflation reduction act got passed. And that's going to be uh, really uh, from an agriculture side, the part of it that's great to see is that they are really promoting and giving additional incentive credits to biofuel, uh, to biodiesel in particular. And you've seen a surge in soil prices since uh, it appeared that uh, Senator Manchin from West Virginia was going to uh, sign it and get it to position to be passed. Still has to pass the House, but with the Dems in control of the House, that's uh, probably a done deal. So uh, it's positive from a use standpoint, and uh, nobody likes paying three fifty to five or for to four dollars for unleaded gas and five dollars for diesel. So anything we can do to get those prices down through the use of biofuels fuels not only helps the on-farm community, but also helps uh, everybody's pocketbook. Yeah, that uh, that deal uh, just recently, uh, you know, uh, it was a 50-50 tie in the Senate. Uh, Kamala Harris broke that tie, and uh, we had a $739 billion, billion dollar focus on spurring renewable energy and uh, ideas around reducing greenhouse gas emissions. They're certainly going to impact, uh, you know, uh, agriculture moving forward in, in a lot of different ways. And I think the dust just simply needs to settle here before we really know where it's going to land. Uh, a lot of companies. And one other thing, uh, I'm go, sorry, go. Bill, but one other interesting thing that is going on, that the point has been made, and I'm right about it, this in today's comment of how slow our export pace has been so far this year for corn and beans. But one of the interesting stats is that, uh, the DDG and ethanol exports are both running 24% uh, ahead of last year at the same time. So this is beginning to kind of focus the picture. Why is old crop basis so high and why are uh, the elevators and the ethanol plants bidding up for all this old crop corn? They have a willing market out there and good margins. So we, what we may be shifting is just from raw corn exports into a more finished product of DDGs and ethanol. Interesting. And, and you reference, you know, GDP across the board, uh, you know, kind of down a little bit. Um, one of those reasonings is I, the ports are still slammed. Um, they're still, uh, you know, bogged down. And I've talked to several uh, shippers. They just can't simply get containers to export you know, a lot of American goods out of the country. And obviously that's impacting, you know, our performance as a nation, as well as, you know, the value of the dollar uh, being being a challenge as well. Fortunately, the value of the dollar has started to back up just a little bit as the interest rates have begun, begun to moderate and, you, and the Fed uh, is taking a much less hawkish approach that uh, they're not going to jump in with another three-quarter point increase the next time they meet before the end of the year that a lot of people had trimmed it down to a half and maybe even just a quarter with the yield curve already starting to suggest that there will be cuts when you get into the third and fourth quarter of 2023. So at some point, the dollar backing up is going to 
help us. But uh, as of right now, we're still very much at the upper end of the historical range. And we're going to have to get some normalcy back in the world geopolitical environment for that to get back into the mid-90s, where it's really at a spot to uh, help us build on exports. Well, Jody, other factors other than the global challenges across the nation and around the world, Weather, Mother Nature uh, continues to throw a lot of curveballs our way. USDA came out with uh, a recent report here. Um, Things are starting to slide a little bit as far as the good and uh, good report. You want to share some news there? Yes, uh, we're recording this on a Monday and uh, on August 5th and the crop, or excuse me, August 8th and the crop condition reports came out today and corn uh, fell unexpectedly three more percent down to 58 and 58, you begin to really struggle to see how a 177 trend lined expectation yield can be met because you would consider that to be more of a 63, 64, 65 national yield or national crop condition. And this, what you're seeing this year definitely is just the haves and have nots. Uh, we, everybody, there were pockets in the eastern corn belt that have had a a great year, got it in the ground timely, had the rains they needed, didn't suffer from any lengthy excessive heat like most of the rest of the country has. And enough of Illinois, when you talk about a big production state, falls into that category. And Iowa did for a long time, and their crop ratings up until this week were at 80%. And certainly you talk about Iowa with an 80% uh, good to excellent rating. Uh, you're looking at potential records across the state. And that would be something that could make up some serious ground against what's happening in the Delta. But Iowa started to slip because over the last 10 days, up until this weekend, had uh really started to get some hot and dry pockets develop. And if what it really, if you drew a line straight down the map, everything west of Des Moines is bad getting worse and everything east of Des Moines is stable or getting better. So as we get into the stretch run of the last month of important weather before corn reaches full maturity, starts going to black layer uh, and beans finish out their season, you're really at a tipping point here. There's a lot of irreversible damage in the corn crop. Uh, The bean crop probably could still be salvaged with some late Western Corn Belt rains, even to exceed the trend line yield of 51 and a half. But we're a long way from there because the next 10, seven to 10 days all across the Corn Belt is supposed to be very little rain, except for potentially the far Eastern Corn Belt. And this year is interesting from a uh, weather model forecasting. There's several major ones, but the big ones that you see most mentioned are the European forecast model and the GFS, which is more North American, U.S. and Canadian model. And the GFS has tended to be much drier and miss the big rains like this weekend, while the EU has tended to be much wetter and meet in the middle. So nobody's track record on uh, these weekend rains that we've gotten several points over the last three or four weeks uh, has been very accurate. The the rains have been fantastic, and for everybody listening that got them, 
crop makers, certainly in a lot of conditions, a lot of places and crop savers and others, but just the, the difficulty of the people who are supposed to be experts in predicting weather has put on another layer of volatility and, and you know, just stress in these markets. Because if you go, go to bed or you close markets on Friday thinking uh, a lot of places are going to get a half inch and then you end up what happened you had a lot, several places getting three plus inches uh, east of Des Moines and feel terrible for all of our friends from St. Louis across in central Illinois that were just deluged uh, a week, 10 days ago, getting eight, 12, 15 inches of rain uh, and just nonstop pour that we, there's no, it, it's going to be very, very difficult for 177 national yield to be met when you look at these crop conditions and just the sheer inconsistency of the weather. So uh, USDA next, or excuse me, this Friday, the 12th is going to take farmer surveys and uh, a few uh, boots on the ground reports to adjust the yield for both corn and beans. The beans we don't expect to move because they've got another major report uh, on August 31st that you can more get a more accurate assessment of the bean crop. But on the corn yield, uh, the yield, private yield estimates, everybody's coming in basically between 174 and 176. And you always have the outliers. You have a couple 172s and a couple 177s, uh, or even I saw one 178.5, which I believe is way on the high end, but people like to put a number out there and if they're right, they'll get a lot of notoriety out of it, at least. So we suspect the number will come in 175, 176 on uh, on Friday, the 12th report. And that won't, from where we're sitting with uh, December corn hovering above sit between 6 and 610 on the futures and November beans uh, right at $14, those two yield numbers are fairly priced in. But if China continues to show up as a daily buyer, has has happened Friday and then again today, the demand side of this equation could really start to put a fine tune or a finer pencil on where these ending stocks could be. Well, certainly a tremendous amount of energy happening out there in the markets between uh, some of the global uh, challenges as well as uh, Mother Nature challenges. Jody, I want to thank you for joining us here on FieldLink, and uh, we look forward to catching you uh, next round. Okay, Bill, thank you. Joining us now from across the nation are four Helena sales interns that have joined the Helena team this summer. We're excited to have Chris Longton from North Dakota State University. Chris uh, is in the eastern half of North Dakota and South Dakota this summer. Aaron Rockwood from Washington State University. This summer, uh, she worked in the specialty business in Phoenix, Arizona. And Greg Norris hails from Penn State University, and he is working in the Hatsville, Massachusetts uh, location this summer uh, for his third internship with Helena. And finally, Alex Pittman from the University of Arkansas. 
This summer, Alex worked in the retail side of our business in the Delta of Southeast Arkansas. Okay, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Chris uh, Halen from North Dakota State University. Let's start with you. Where did where did you grow up, Chris? So I grew up in Northwest Minnesota and Plummer, Minnesota, a smaller town, around 200 people. Um, always grew up loving NDSU football and always interested in agronomy. So. NDSU is the perfect option. Wow, that's awesome. And and what are you majoring in at North Dakota State University? I major in crop and weed science, and I have a minor in agricultural business. Wow. And, and, and Chris, how did you learn about the Helena internship program? So I've always known about Helena. I grew up with some people that work with Helena, and I've had a couple internships in the past that have worked with Helena. So I was looking for an internship pretty early on. And a lot of people haven't uh, posted their job postings yet. So I sent emails out to a few businesses and Helena got back to me saying they were looking for an intern in our area. So I took right up on that and it worked out. Awesome. Awesome. And also joining us is Aaron Rockwood from Washington State University. Aaron, how about you? This summer, you ventured from uh, the great Northwest to the desert of Arizona to work in the specialty business. Aaron, what's your major at Washington State? Hi, I major in communications uh, with a minor in digital technology and culture and media production. So, so I'm doing wow. here. <laughs> wow, that 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 that's a uh, excellent uh, major that you're majoring in here. Are you from Washington then? No, I'm from Idaho. That's how I know about from the agricultural Idaho. business. Awesome. So, from Idaho, kind of growing up in a rural area, did you, Aaron? Yep. Yeah, about 40 minutes outside of Boise. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Aaron, what's been uh, your major focus this summer while working in the specialty industry? Yeah, so I'm working in with the sales and marketing internship. So marketing has definitely been my bigger focus this summer as I've been working with them. Awesome. And also joining us uh, here on the Field Link podcast is uh, Greg Norris from Penn State University. Greg, uh, Greg, you're originally from Massachusetts, and now you're working in Massachusetts. Um, this is your third internship with Helena. Uh, tell us a little bit about your major. Yeah, so I actually majored in animal science at Penn State. I recently graduated this May, uh, and I also had a minor in agronomy. So uh, switching over to the crop side when I started interning with Helena is what kind of led me to switch my focus from the animal ag side over to the crop side. Well, and, and as I referenced, you this is your third uh, third round, I guess, third summer with Helena. Uh, tell us about your first two summers. Where did you spend those? Yeah, so my first summer in 2020, I interned at our Genoa, New York location, which is out in the Finger Lakes uh, in central New York. Uh, and that was a really cool opportunity for me, especially not having too much crop background. There's a lot of dairy farms in that area, which is where my background is. So I enjoyed working with a lot of the dairy and grain farms out there uh, and also a few vegetables mixed in. Uh, and then last summer and this summer, I have been in our Hatfield, Massachusetts location. So we cover all of in New England and Eastern New York in this location. Uh, and it's a lot more specialty crop focused uh, with a lot of apple orchards, a lot of potatoes. Uh, some tobacco mixed in, so a lot more on the fruit and vegetable side. Wow, definitely a lot of different diversity for sure from Western New York. Uh, and also joining us here is Alex Pittman from uh, the University of Arkansas. Alex, you have a unique story. Uh, you grew up in the Little Rock area and really didn't have a very strong agriculture background until you enrolled into the College of Agriculture at Arkansas. 
Tell us a little bit about how you became interested in agriculture. Yes. So originally I am from not a big city, but a city in Arkansas. So I don't really have a big agriculture background. Um, You know, being from the South, ag is everywhere, but I don't have the typical ag background that a lot of the other interns have. And so when I was going into the University of Arkansas, I had no clue what I was going to major in. And then one of my dad's best friends who actually works for Helena was like, hey, you should try ag business. And I was like, okay, I have no clue what I'm going to do. So I went into it with um, open mind. And now I'm in my senior year of uh, college and, and loving it and can't imagine myself doing anything else now. Alex, how did how did your coursework at the University of Arkansas help better prepare you for this particular internship? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of my coursework is on the business side of agriculture. So um, going into the internship, I really wanted to see the other side of ag. So getting to see the crops and getting to see the production of it. Um, while also bringing in some of my coursework with me, my final project is actually on a sales analysis for our um, branch. So I got to incorporate that with also the more hands-on side of everything. Wow, that sounds like quite a quite a quite an experience there. You know, um, one of the biggest investments that Helena makes into the internship program uh, over the years has been this commitment towards training. Um, you know, Greg, can you tell us a little bit about your training experience that you gained, um, you know, back uh, three years ago when you first uh, entered into the intern program? Yeah. So each uh, May at the beginning of the internship program in the Eastern Business Unit, we have a week-long training in Columbia, South Carolina, where our Eastern offices are. Uh, and we basically cover everything that week from our Helena products, basic agronomy, um, just going over the structure of the company and making sure we have a good uh, knowledge of our agri-intelligence programs as well. Uh, so it's really a crash course in everything that you're going to experience over the summer. And it really helps you walk into your branch uh, prepared to really hit the ground running. Uh, Chris, tell us a little bit about the training experience that you had. I think yours was held in Des Moines, Iowa. Is that right? Yes. So we met in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, we had ours in a conference room at a hotel and we talked a lot about agronomy or HPG and agri-intelligence and we also got to spend quite a bit of time out in the field um, learning that stuff and practicing with it. Our, our people know a lot about our products and are great with everything and they're great teachers so everything was pretty great with that. You know, Alex, coming uh, from from your background, uh, limited agronomy background, into you know this uh, world of agronomy, uh, how how did the training uh, program that uh, was put on uh, for you in the uh, Collierville, Tennessee location help you better prepare for your internship? Yes, so we went to Collierville for two days and had very extensive training on everything, which I enjoyed and really appreciated, since I don't come from an ag, a typical ag background. So getting to learn all the different um, HPG products and what they do and how to use them um, and what a lot of our farmers in the South are looking for um, really helped me like get a foot in the door for the internship program. Yeah, you, hopefully, you know, those training experiences allowed you to not necessarily get thrown out to the wolves, so to speak, but definitely arm you with enough knowledge to to make you, uh, you know, 
comfortable uh, to, to, to call on growers and to have, you know, quality conversations with our sales team. You know, one of the unique things about um, not just the Helena internship program, but all internships is, is the day-to-day, the typical day-to-day. It's going to be very div- different and diverse uh, no matter where you're at or what you're necessarily doing. So, Aaron, can you tell us about your typical day-to-day with the specialty uh, division in Phoenix, Arizona? Yeah, so a big focus in the um, both agro- or agriculture and specialty internships is having trials that we run and make some kind of marketing material from. So a typical day-to-day is waking up, um, going either to a golf course for specialty or some kind of nursery where a trial is being run, taking pictures, putting down data, and then going and helping out at the warehouse, whether that's, um, I typically might go around with my boss, Paul Goolsby, and we'll drive around and I'll meet some customers. So that's a lot about what I do day to day. So quite quite a lot of uh, diversity there from photography to running trials and, and, of course, a lot of customer interaction. Greg, how about you? How about your typical day-to-day in Western Mass? Uh, it's something that has definitely kind of changed throughout all of my internships. Uh, when I started out in New York, it was a smaller territory. So working with a lot of similar customers day in and day out and visiting the same farms. Uh, versus now in Hatfield, a lot of our locations are really spread out. And this year, especially, I've been working a lot in eastern New York, on uh, the Hudson Valley and Champlain Valley with our apple orchards. So a lot of that is the extra travel, getting there. So leaving early in the morning and then going and working, doing a lot of agri-intelligence work, whether it's soil sampling or tissue sampling in the orchard, and also just meeting with customers uh, and doing some on the consulting side of that. Uh, but it's something that's varied every day since we have a lot of diverse customers. So one day I can be tissue sampling a potato field and the next I'm in a huge apple orchard. And then I still get to work a little bit with corn with some dairy farms in the area too. So that's one part I really enjoy is there's always something different that's happening. Well, that's very, that's exciting. You know, it's different from not just different crops, but different, you know, processes. You referenced agri-intelligence, but also, uh, you know, touching different uh, recommendations, maybe uh, working with different sales reps, as well as different types of growers. How about you, Chris? What's a typical day for you in the Dakotas? So I spent a lot of time with my sales reps uh, promoting our foliars and our tissue sampling slice program with our growers. Um, I rode around with them for a little bit at the beginning just to see what they do. And not long did I start doing that myself. And Mm -hmm. I was asking if they needed any fields to our customers that they wanted done. And so I would do a lot of tissue sampling for our customers. And when I get those reports back, I'd bring them back to them and I'd talk to them about it, uh, see if they have any questions. And I'd take questions about products and just help promote uh, our Helena chemical. Awesome. Great. And how about you, Alex? How about your typical day today? So one thing I enjoy about this industry is how it changes every day. Uh, you never know what you're going to be doing the next day and how the day is going to go. But uh, I went into the internship wanting to learn all of the aspects uh, for our division. And so typical every day, I'll sweet beans for growers. Um, and it's really cool. I got to see like week to week, like, uh, what was happening with those fields and then, um, really getting into agri intelligence, pulling samples, soil samples, doing that every day and getting to work with some of our test plots we have down here. Um, also the fertilizer house, I got to see how that was run for us. Um, 
our fertilizer house is great. And I really enjoy getting to um, view that side of things also. And then you never know what's going to happen down here. Um, it changes day to day. Well, and I think that's pretty typical in agriculture. And I think that's a, a real life experience that all of you, it sounds like y'all had to experience this summer from, you know, dealing with mother nature, dealing with multiple different crops and uh, just, you know, the typical day to day of how our industry truly does work. And I think it's probably pretty safe. Uh, you probably had a pretty good perspective on how dependent growers really are on uh, on our people as well as our services. Um, with that, um, Aaron, tell us a little bit about some of the projects uh, that you specifically got to work on this summer. Yeah, so we mentioned trials before. Along with those trials, we have um, pictures of the week that we put out every week. Um, that means going to your trial, doing some, taking some pictures, making sure that you're doing the soil sampling sample or in tissue sampling, and then you kind of make a marketing piece off of those pictures that you took for the, um, sale, sales reps to use in the field. So that's well, a project I really enjoyed this summer, especially with my marketing background. That's great. And, you know, I'll reference those pictures of the week are certainly circulated, um, you know, across the country to different growers as well as uh, sales reps. And even internationally, those photos that uh, everybody takes throughout the summer and submits uh, are circulated around the world and utilized uh, by our customers throughout the entire globe. Uh, how about you, Greg? Uh, what were some of the projects that you got to dive into this year? Um. At my branch specifically, we've actually been working a lot with our extractor program through our AI360 platform uh, and really been doing a lot of that in our apple orchards. So at key growth stages throughout the season, we'll go and take both a tissue sample and an apple fruitless sample as well uh, and send those into the lab for analysis. So I've been doing a lot with that and also working on the recommendation side of that too. Once we get the results back uh, and sitting down and meeting with the growers and going over how they can get their nutrition in line so we can find a way to really ensure that our fruit quality is the best that it can be. Awesome. And how about you, Alex? How about uh, some of your projects that you get to dive into? Yes. Yeah, so one of my favorite projects that we've been working on this summer is we have a few cotton test plots um, where we're using Zybro and research and getting to see like side by side how uh, those products affect the cotton and how much better the cotton is doing with our HPG products. Um, and just getting to see that week to week and getting to pull those samples week to week has been really um, great to see. So that's really hands-on stuff when you can start to compare some of those products and, you know, how they uh, make a crop like cotton uh, perform. Um, what, were some of, what were some of the findings that you found from that experience, Erin? Um, so definitely the canopy of the cotton was greater and, uh, just the fullness of the cotton with those products uh, was so much better um, and getting to see that. And I actually use those test plots for a few of my pictures of the week. So getting to see those side-by-side -side pictures and getting to send it out like those to be used for growers and for the salesmen to use in the future was really cool to see. And Chris, what kind of projects did you get to deep dive into this year? Yeah. So it's been a very wet year for us up North. Um, we've lost, so there's been a lot of nutrients lost through leaching, lost, a lot of lost fertilizer. So I've been doing a lot of my project on pr just promoting our foliars and our tissue sampling program. So I've been collecting a lot of data from our tissue sampling on the AI360 app. 
Um, and I've also been working a lot with our info additives, Zypro and Receptor, collecting a lot of data on that. So that's been a good time. It's been, I've learned a lot from just doing all that. What, what kind of visuals have you picked up, Chris? I know it's early in the season, but are you seeing some differences with some of those products in that market? Oh, yes, yes. Um, for our info additives like Zypro and Receptor, root size and root hair density has increased dramatically. We had our plot, we had Zypro and Receptor put together, and the night before our plot tour day, I went out there and dug those, and it, it was a pretty drastic change, and... Uh, stock diameters changed a lot too and also we got our tissue sample reports back and that product had an increase in every nutrient across the board it was pretty cool to look at wow and i think that brings reality when you're out there touching it you know you can always read a report but when you're actually actively a part of you know some of those on-farm trials uh you become kind of the expert there and certainly become a part of the resource um aaron can you share some of your experiences there and what kind of contributions that you brought to the branch, uh, as well as the customers that you may have worked on throughout the summer? Yeah, so my trial was in at a golf course with uh, Coron 25 Metra and Coron 28 Metra um, versus granular urea, so running a foliar trial there. And I think that um, being able to, to talk to those customers, have a trial ran there, is really beneficial to the relationship with the customer. Um, I talk to him every every week, and we I'm running and giving him his you know the information back to him as well as for Paul and my the people at my branch um, using that for future um, reference. Well, that's awesome, Aaron, and uh, it's excellent to see that, especially in the uh, specialty business uh, on golf courses, where it's sometimes a little more challenging to get those kind of trials out there. And uh, that sounds like you had a great experience there. Um, Greg, uh, how about let's jump back up to New England. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, how, how you're delivering some value to your location, as well as to the customers um, uh, this past summer. Yeah, obviously, we cover a pretty big territory where we have a lot of big customers that can be two to three hours away from our location. So getting to see them on a regular basis is definitely a challenge. And that's where I try to really help out and be a presence for our branch and an extension of our salesmen at a lot of these customers where they might not be able to get around to them every single week, but having another person to be boots on the ground and have an opportunity to grab tissue samples when they're needed easily uh, and just be able to be an extension of the salesman on uh, really just really focusing on developing that relationship with customers more and really ensure that we're really in tune with everything that's happening on their farms at all times. That's excellent. I agree. And Alex, uh, in Arkansas, tell us about some of the contributions that you feel you delivered and brought to the branch as well as some of the growers in that area. Yes. So one thing I definitely think was I was just a present for our AI guys down here that we pull lots of samples that and me being that extra hand gave them the opportunity to focus more on getting growing that relationship with the growers. And so I can go out and do the tissue samples so they have more time and more opportunity to talk to the growers um, and just being an extension of them for that. Yeah, I think you both, uh, several of you re referenced an extension, and, and and I think that's very valuable. That can't be, you know, overlooked, having that extra extension, that extra, I guess, brand of Helena on the boots on the ground in front of that customer is really critical. And I know we certainly appreciate uh, your professionalism uh, as you bring that uh, 
to, to our growers and customers throughout the U.S. Um, Chris, uh, can you help uh, help us better understand, you know, this summer, how did this experience prepare you and, and help maybe, uh, I guess, shape your future and, and for, for, for where you want to go from a career perspective? Yes. Yeah, so this internship has been great with customer relations. It has helped me learn a lot about myself. I've learned just a lot more about agronomy as a whole. Um, and it's something I'll be able to take with me the rest of my life, uh, especially the customer relations. It's been awesome going around, being able to talk and promote and just be there to help and ask our customers if they what they need, whether it's tissue sampling, scouting fields, answering questions about product. Um, it's been very important, and it has really helped me be more confident and for my future. Awesome. And how about you, Aaron? How, how has this summer experienced, I guess, kind of shape uh, your future? Yeah, like you said, a huge uh, component of it is customer relations and being able to talk to people. So, I mean, just for our communication standpoint, you grow so much over the summer with being more and more comfortable, especially learning about our products and agronomy. Um, you become more confident in your knowledge and then you can better talk to people and reflect how your products will, or, or your company will help them. So I think that's huge for me, especially not ever being in sales before. Awesome. And Greg, you know, round three for you, bud. Um, how has this third year, uh, I assume year one, year two, and year three, they continue to build upon each other. How has is, how is these three years helped, I guess, shape your future in your opinion? Uh, I think this year I've really been able to focus on tying everything together for my past two internships uh, and really with Hodo, we really focus a lot on kind of the full service. So we have the sales side, but we also have the agri-intelligence side where we're really working on the precision ag. So uh, I've been lucky to be able to focus on that in a lot of apple orchards this year, going both kind of on the chemistry side with their insecticide and fungicide programs, and then tying that back into fruit quality and the nutrition of the trees. Um, and really being able to bring all of those services that I've had experience with my past years all in one and really focusing on the consulting side of that as well. So it's definitely helped me this year to be able to focus on a few customers and tie everything from my past two internships back all together to really feel comfortable talking and consulting with customers. Great. And that's what a great experience there. And Alex, you know, um, your first journey out here in agriculture uh, on the professional side, how has this summer experienced, I guess, really helped you shape where you may want to go in the future? Yes. So again, coming in with no ag background, this experience really gave me the confidence to be able to see myself doing this in the future and um, definitely wanting to be more on the agriculture side of ag business. Um, but definitely just having the confidence and being able to understand, um, even though I have a lot more learning to do, I can definitely see myself doing this um, in the future. No, well, that's awesome. And uh, I, I'm sure the folks at the location really appreciate all your efforts there, Alex, as well. And and Chris, you know, um, as we kind of wrap up here, um, what kind of advice would you give, you know, fellow students uh, back at North Dakota State University or any other university for that matter how, about, um, you know, pursuing an internship like the Helena Internship Program? See, I, would t- I would take the opportunity to take this internship with Helena or any internship like it. 
everyone that you work with on a daily basis is there to help you and they will teach you everything. They're not going to get annoyed of your questions or anything. They understand they've been in your shoes at some point. They're there to answer every question. Um, they know you want to learn. So everyone's there to help and it's great. I have learned a lot this internship and I think anyone could. And how about you, Aaron? How's your experience been? And how would you, uh, I guess, what what are you going to tell your fellow colleagues back at Washington State University? Yeah, I would just give advice to open your horizons and um, so you can get different experiences. Like me coming from a marketing background and coming into this internship, I learned so much with all the different aspects of agronomy and sales and that kind of stuff. So to kind of, this internship is so good with allowing you to make what you want of it. So if I wanted to make it more marketing focused, I was allowed to do that and helping out and just learning so much. So Awesome. How about you, Greg? Yeah, I would say from the start, my favorite part of the internship with Helena has been that it's not simply just they're hiring you to work for the summer. It's, there's really a training focus behind the internship and really wanting to develop that relationship with you and have you stay on and work full time for the company after you graduate as well. So that's something I've really loved. It's just the investment that Helena puts into the training aspect of the internship program. Uh, it's really the people that I've encountered throughout the internship at different branches and on the corporate side that have kept me wanting to stay with the company for the past three years. So that's my favorite part. I know a lot of people have had internships that they don't really get that much out of it besides just a job for the summer. But uh, that's extremely different from what I've experienced with Helena. And that's been my favorite part of it. Well, I appreciate that, Greg. And I think there's a lot of truth. You and Aaron both touched on it. Um, you know, this internship program, along with really a lot of internships programs, it's uh, you get out of it what you put into it. And uh, and hopefully, you, you know, we've provided a platform for you to uh, excel, kind of like Erin mentioned. You know, I, she has a passion in marketing and and, and, and Chris has a passionate uh, passion in agronomy. You can certainly, uh, you know, tap into those uh, those areas of our industry and, and, and highlight, I guess, your experience a little bit. Alex, how about yourself? You know, what kind of advice would you give uh, fellow students back at the University of Arkansas or in the in the South? I mean, I just could not recommend this internship more. Uh, I definitely think the people at Helena is really what makes it. Their willingness to teach you and their willingness to help. Um, and just, they really, this summer have made Lake Village feel like my home away from home and have really been my backbone of this summer. And I think the people is what makes me want to work for Helena in the future is, it's the community here that I couldn't recommend more to anyone that is looking into it. Awesome. Well, we appreciate all of you today here. I know a lot of you, uh, you all have amazing futures ahead of you. Hopefully you'll uh, come join us here on the Helena team, but we want to thank you all for joining us and sharing your story here on FieldLink and with our audience about the Helena Internship Program uh, here at uh, Helena. And uh, we want to thank all of you, uh, uh, Alex uh, at the University of Arkansas, Greg at Penn State University, Aaron uh, at Washington State University, and Chris up north at uh, North Dakota State University. Thank you all for uh, contributing to our business and our industry this summer.
In addition to field sales interns, Helen has several other interns uh, this summer that assist other support departments. Summer interns can also be found in accounting, strategic planning, HPG development, uh, laboratories, research and development, as well as marketing services. Joining us today is Chandra Spangler from the University of Nebraska. This summer, Chandra is serving as a marketing services intern for the Helena Products Group in Memphis, Tennessee. Chandra, welcome to Fieldlink. Thank you, Bill. Awesome. So, Chandra, tell us a, a little bit about home. Uh, tell us how you got involved in agriculture. Yeah, so home is in O'Neill, Nebraska, which is up in the northeastern part um, of the state. And I grew up in the country about 10 miles outside of O'Neill, actually, um, kind of on a small hobby farm. Over the years, we've had different animals on the farm, um, but there's a feedlot right down the road, uh, which has been there my whole life. Yeah. And then as people have kind of found out that we have amazing soil for row crop, they have definitely uh, started farming around me. Okay. So having uh, ag in the backyard really helped me to learn more about agriculture um, itself, um, but I didn't really um, get super immersed into it until high school. I was a big part of the local FFA chapter, okay. and it was there that I kind of realized that ag literacy um, kind of as a whole is low, um, and there's a lot of misunderstanding around agriculture, and I wanted to play a part in, help, um, in helping uh, people to understand more about it. Um, so that's why I chose a, ma a major in agricultural environmental sciences communication okay. um, with an option of strategic communication, um, kind of beyond more the marketing side. All at UNL in, in Lincoln. Correct, awesome. yeah. And, and tell us about some of the courses that you've taken, you know, to, I guess, enhance, uh, I guess, your better understanding and communications of agriculture. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, I've taken a lot of, like, design courses um, to really understand how to do um, magazine layouts or flyer layouts. Um, photography and videography courses were huge mm -hmm. for me just to learn the components of the camera, um, microphone systems, how to connect those and really um, get a quality, both visual and sound. A little bit I of think social writing, media too. Well, writing, yeah. We did a lot of writing yeah. um, to learn how to take really complicated scientific topics and break them down um, for kind of more general audiences uh, to increase ag literacy. Yeah, back back at uh, school, your, your part time job is uh, working at Extension, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I work um, with the Institute of Ag and Natural Resources. Um, so we do a lot of work with uh, Nebraska Extension, um, and then the research and teaching part of the university. Okay. Um, so yeah, there I take a lot of complicated topics. Um, I hear a lot about uh, agricultural topics, not only you know in the typical farming space, but that might also be um, how that's impacting, you know, how dairy is impacting um, a cure for medical diseases or um, something like that. Uh, so it's very diverse. Very diverse, especially mm -hmm. on that extension side. So let's transfer a little bit uh, here to your Helena internship, uh, working uh, for the Helena Products Group and Marketing Services this summer. Tell us about some of the projects and I guess that you've been working on uh, with the uh, Marketing Services team. Yeah, so I've had a wide variety um, of projects here um, over the last two, three months. Yeah. Um, I was involved with the coordination of our field day, um, which was a huge success. Um, I created a farm safety social media content calendar. Um, I wrote some field link articles on some of our products. Um, I took photos and videos. And then I dabbled a little bit into the um, brand launches that we have coming up sure. here this fall, um, just 
ideating taglines and uh, PowerPoints for those. And then we had our weekly uh, learning sessions where I got to learn more about Helena as a whole. Wow, awesome. Well, let's let, let's step back a little bit, talk about a little bit more about that field day. Tell us about your specific role and uh, in that, that field day, which had eh, close to 250, 300 different uh, folks come through our field day. Tell us about what you did. Yeah, so a big part of the field day for me uh, was taking weekly progress pictures um, mm-hmm. of Helena products product groups, um, corn trials that they were uh, performing out there in the field. So I'd go out every Friday um, starting at, I think it was seven days after treatment and just kind of gauging um, how that treatment was working on those trials um, as time went on. Um, I created some e-blasts to remind people to, uh, first of all, register for our field day. Sure. And then after they registered to make sure to come out um, and kind of give them a preview of what they were going to find there. And then I got to go around uh, multiple times to each session of the field day as a group leader, kind of lead groups through and help facilitate their experience at the field day. And then um, I had a hand in just setting up and taking down all the things that we put up, uh, field side. It's not all office work and creative. It's uh, you're out there uh, sweating it up a little bit, putting posts in and all that, all the things that are required for a field day. Oh yeah, definitely got sweaty, definitely got my hands dirty. That's great. That's awesome. One of your projects you referenced was creating some social media calendars. I know that's uh, an area that you're excited about. Uh, Tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the specifics there and who you connected with uh, to, to help develop some of that content. Yeah, so for this farm safety social media calendar, mm-hmm. when I first got assigned it, I thought of common things that I would think of um, in Nebraska that might be issues like grain bin safety, um, just being aware of your surroundings to not run over sure. a person or an animal, um, just stopping at stop signs, all the general stuff. Um, but obviously, as I thought more about it, I realized it's going to be a lot different um, based on what they're doing, you know, on the East Coast and the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So to kind of figure out, you know, what those differences would be. Um, I called product managers from all over the United States to just kind of hear their top five or so safety concerns that might be issues in their area, um, which was actually super eye-opening. I heard a lot of things that I never would have thought of myself. Well, I think that just illustrates, too, how different agriculture is uh, across the U.S. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could be, uh, you know, blueberry farms in, in, in the, the Carolinas to, you know, grape, grape farms in California uh, and, in, you know, big wheat fields, potato fields up in, in Idaho. Right. It's so diverse. We really do it all here in the United States. So, yeah, yeah. diversity is very huge. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your major. Um, writing is very important to you, and, you know, you certainly worked on that skill this summer. Tell us about some of the uh, projects that you worked on in that area. Yeah, so for Helena specifically, um, I did some writing on ENC formulation technology, um, Orbix and Utilize, which are um, for our specialty markets. And then, uh, actually, I got to kind of go back to my home roots. Yeah. I did a location feature on the North Fork Nebraska location. Um, Yeah, they do a lot of uh, logistics and corn production. So that was really interesting. Um, But I guess as I was like writing kind of to expand my skills, I really made an effort to absorb as much as I could from um, the Helena experts that I talked to, um, to have them both explain it to me in the very technical terms, but also the, you know, more general terms for me to be able to interpret that information and write for 
uh, more general audiences. So that way, no matter if you're a grower or you're someone just checking out Helena, you can really um, understand what we're doing here. I think that's a really unique uh, point you bring up, you know, working with those Helena experts because we kind of have a luxury here at the oh, Helena yeah. Products Group. Walk down the hall and you can talk to somebody, a chemist mm-hmm. who's developing the products or the other end of the hall, uh, somebody that's researching an R&D, a, a PhD who's touching these in multiple uh, trials throughout the, the U.S. So definitely a lot of different resources here. Oh, for sure. And it was great to be able to, you know, go down to the lab and see them just, if I couldn't figure it out for them to formulate it in front of my eyes to be able wow. to kind of see yeah. Great visualization there. You also had uh, an opportunity to, uh, you know, focus on your video skills, uh, an area that I know you were excited mm-hmm. at trying to expand. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I was pretty nervous. Um, I actually hadn't picked up a camera in probably over six months uh, before I got here. Um, so I kind of knew the basics, but it had been a long time since I'd really played around with it. Um, but I found if I just kept volunteering myself for things, I could really grow my skills. Uh-huh. Um I played a big part in the field day um, teasers. We did teaser videos to kind of get people excited to come to the field day. We also did informational videos uh, of Helena experts walking along the rows, kind of explaining what's happening, um, how these chemicals are working mm-hmm. um, on these uh, various plots. Um, and then we also had some new product launches that we wanted to uh, really get some demonstration videos for just looking at the viscosity um, and the emulsions of those. And then just some more aesthetic shots of them uh, looking sure. pretty in different environments. No, oh, that's awesome. That's really great. Tell us a little bit about the weekly learning sessions that you participated in. Kind of frame that up for our audience of really what they're all about. Yeah, those are great to get a full circle um, idea of what Helena really does. Um, I think if you just read about it, you could – know what they do, but you don't truly understand what they do until you talk to someone that does that day-to-day. Um, but yeah, I was really exposed to every part of the business. Uh, I mean, we had sales and branding, strategic planning, international business, finances. We had registration, everything. Um, and it was just really great to see how the stuff that I do as an intern um, in the marketing department really has an impact on the rest of the business. Okay. Whether that might be um, marketing or adjuvant line um, that the lab talked about in mm-hmm. our lab discussion or creating our consistent branding on our packages um, and how we can continue to do that uh, as I saw the impact that that had in the warehouse. Yeah, because you actually got to go out uh, not just to the warehouse, at, I think, when Arkansas. Correct, yeah. Uh, to see uh, one of our facilities there. But you also spent some time with the rest of your interns uh, uh, the summer um, – at the Helena Industries facility in yes. West Helena, Arkansas. Yes, and that was awesome to really just see the, they really had all kind of sides of production there, um, to see the production lines running, mm-hmm. the packaging, storage. I mean, we saw full circle products being made, um, being poured right before our eyes, so that was really awesome. That's awesome. Well, Chandra, you know, as you're kind of wrapping up your summer, what advice would you give to uh, other students uh, out there that might be looking for this type of internship? Yeah, first of all, um, I'd say definitely be confident and don't hesitate to apply. Uh, Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time thinking about this is going to be right for me, uh, but I just chose to apply and see where it went. Um, And not everyone's going to know what their passions are going into an internship. That's obviously why you're going to go into these to figure out who you are, right. what you want in your career. 
Um, but I think finding one thing that really interests you uh, in your area of expertise and voicing that to them will get you really far in your internship. Uh, I came in knowing that I liked writing um, and I really, really like to be creative sure. and put those creative juices into video and uh, photos. And so I communicated that with them and that really helped um, do what I wanted and um, expand on those skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mostly just, especially here at Helena, to just understand that the people here will treat you a lot more like family um, and generally care about Good. yourself, uh, your personal and your professional life. So That's awesome. Well, beyond the technical skills, how do you feel you grew this summer professionally? Um, I'd say time management was a big thing. Yeah. Um, I've had various jobs, but I've never worked an actual eight to five before. Yeah. Um, so that was a big shift, um, just finding when I'm most productive. Um and planning projects for those times. And definitely the independency and confidence in my work. I realized I have to trust my work is good and mm-hmm. to be able to convince others of that. And then just being adaptable. Agriculture is always changing. And so um, just kind of rolling with the punches and uh, finding out the best solutions in the situations of how we can, um, especially from a marketing side, be able to adapt to those changes. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, another area that, those are all excellent uh, areas that you certainly grew in this summer. Um, but I think, you know, one of the big ones is picking up from O'Neill, Nebraska and traveling to Memphis, Tennessee, moving, you know, what, 11, 12, 13 hours, 14 hours from home mm-hmm. uh, to a whole new area and and, and embracing that. Mm-hmm. How was that transition for you? Um, it was a little tough at first, sure. uh, you know, being 11 hours, 13 hours away from home. Yeah. Uh, all your family is super hard yeah. uh, when they're kind of the ones you lean on. But I think really just coming here with the mindset of just really embracing the culture here, the people here, um, what you'll be doing here really um, got me far uh, yeah. to be able to immerse myself into um, not only Memphis, but just the state of Tennessee in general. Oh, that's great. And I think that's a huge growth learning experience for any student uh, that, uh, you know, moves away from a few hours from home and gets kind of out of their comfort zone for, for a period of time. Excellent. Well, Chandra, it's been awesome having you join us here today on FieldLink. Been great having you a part of our team this summer. We want to thank you uh, for joining us here on FieldLink and uh, look forward to seeing you in the future and best wishes as you head back to the University of Nebraska this fall. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us here on this special edition of FieldLink as we focused on our internship program. To learn more about Helena's internship program, check out our website at helenaagra.com and check out our career section to learn more about internships as well as full-time opportunities.